You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena and pastor of Christ the King University Parish in Missoula, Montana. You think that we would be able to know whether the world was heading in the right direction or the wrong direction in the moment? Is that ever really clear while we're living in the midst of it? Or do, do we have to wait until sort of further down the road to look back with that clarity that history gives? But even then, you know, when we look back at different ages and we just put names on them like Dark Ages or Renaissance or Enlightenment, we realize later that it's infinitely more complicated than that, and then we take those names off and put new names on them, and, and sometimes it seems offensive to change, and sometimes it seems just and right. But it all depends on our standards and the way in which we're judging history. We're having that sort of argument in our country right now, as you know, a certain portion of the country thinks that it was all a disaster from the very beginning, all, all the way to the very core of everything that we are. Another group says, no, it's the greatest country ever, and, and there's been nothing in the whole history of the United States that's worth regretting. And both sides are sort of fighting it out with their armies. One is you know, winning the mainstream, you could say, and one is winning the intellectual dark web, or whatever you want to call that. And, but who... Who's right? Because in the end, it's, it comes down to how we judge the application of power in history. You know, it comes down to what we think is good and, and moving toward progress and what we think is not. Jesus gives us a lens today through which we can see the world and the way in which power and authority are used that I think can bring a lot of clarity. Because if we judge by God's standard, we're all wrong. And any, any battles like this that we enter into, we realize pretty quickly are just the wrong battles. We're going about all of this the wrong way. You know, today's gospel follows immediately upon last week's gospel, which, as we remember, is the... Uh, first revelation of Jesus as the Messiah, as the Christ, as the Son of God. Peter's given the Holy Spirit and announces that. But then Jesus immediately follows that with his revelation that he's going to be crucified and rise on the third day. And it's pretty obvious that along with Peter, who totally misunderstood this and rebukes the Lord, uh, the eleven of also felt that way. All the apostles were totally confused by what Jesus was saying and didn't comprehend it. But they did comprehend the first part, the fact that he's the Messiah. And it says, it says this in today's gospel, basically, because he says again, you know, I'm going to be crucified and rise from the dead on the third day. And it says they did not understand the saying, but they were afraid to question him. So they have no idea what Jesus is talking about, but they realize they're supposed to know what he's talking about, so they don't want to say anything. Uh, but they do have an image of the Messiah in their head. I mean, if you know the Old Testament, you know the Messiah is not someone who dies on the cross. The Messiah is someone who comes to free Israel from oppression, 
Who's the oppressor? Rome. So Jesus has come to overthrow Rome, one of the greatest empires in the history of the world. I mean, in the eyes of anyone who's in the Roman Empire, the greatest empire in the history of the world. So what does that make the apostles? It makes them the 12 generals that will be leading this great army out into the conquering of the greatest empire in the world to set up the kingdom of the Messiah, to restore the Davidic kingdom, not as some small kingdom like it used to be, but as the new kingdom of God that rules the world. And so they're excited, and they're just not comprehending the full picture here. That makes sense of their discussion as they're walking toward Capernaum. Jesus asked them when they get back, what were you talking about along the road? And they were silent because they, they were talking about who was the greatest. You know, amongst the 12 generals, who's going to be the greatest of all the generals? Who's going to make the biggest show of it? So they were chesting up to each other and talking trash. But what does it mean? That's what Jesus is asking them. You're talking about who's the greatest, but what does it mean to be the greatest? What does it mean to have power? And he tells them, and in so doing, flips the whole world on its head. And and not, not just flipping the world on its head in that day, but even today, this has just as much force. He says, if anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. I think it's impossible for us to comprehend, especially in the United States, because at least in theory, we've sort of tried this. It's impossible for us to comprehend how dramatically different that idea of ruling and of power is then the whole history of the world. The whole history of the world. When you think about any ancient civilization, the ruler of that civilization most likely presented themselves as a god, or at least as the offspring of a god, or perhaps as the personally chosen instrument of some god, or I mean, that's pretty much it. They, they, they had some relation to divinity. The idea that they were put in power to serve those over whom they ruled is insane. It's totally foreign. And even since then, even since we've heard these words from Jesus, we've done only a very limited job of implementing this. We have flashes of brilliance where we have kings and queens who are great saints, but overall, we've failed to really push into what this teaching means. You know, only really since the fall of the papal states uh, and has the Holy Father really taken on the title Servant of the Servants of God. So we're, even in the church, we're, we're beginning to learn what this means. But on the large scale, that's almost irrelevant to us because how much of our day today lives have to do with, you know, the ruling powers that be. I mean, 24-hour newsreel has made it, probably put it into our minds more than it ought to be, so we should just stop with that. But what does it look like in your life? All of us have been given to a certain extent some desire to strive toward greatness, some power or influence in our at least immediate surroundings. 
the ability to lead on some level or model to others what life ought to be lived like, some sort of authority, whatever word we want to put on it. In that, do we strive to be a servant to those around us? You know, there's a great litany called the Litany of Humility, and I try to pray it almost every day because I am a naturally arrogant and prideful and ambitious man, so I just have to pray this every single day. And it never ceases to transform my life. I'm going to read parts of it without the sort of repetitive litany portions. And I just want you to, as you listen to it, reconsider the words that Jesus says in the gospel. If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. So here's a bit of the litany of humility. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, from the desire of being loved, from the desire of being extolled, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being consulted, of being approved, from the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering rebukes, of being calumniated, of being forgotten, of being ridiculed, of being wronged, of being suspected. Deliver me, O Jesus, that others may be loved more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Can you imagine what the world would look like if we actually operated out of that way of thinking? If we were always striving to give the place of honor to another? If we weren't clamoring for all the power and honors and riches in the world? It is truly a revolution that if as Christians, as we begin to live this out in our lives, the world will be transformed. And then 100 years from now, when we look back, what will it look like? And so let's go out and begin to apply this in our lives in so far as we're capable. Let the Lord transform our hearts and actually make us strive to be servants of one another. Amen.